Holding companies are a great structure if they work for you. In this video here, I'm going to share with you the disadvantages because in a previous video, I shared the advantages with you. So watch this video and then watch the other video to compare the advantages to the disadvantages and to see what works best for you. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. In a previous video, I talked about the benefits or some of the benefits of having a holding company. And if you click this video here, you can see those benefits. However, to save you time, I'll quickly map out a holding company structure for the purpose of this video here. And then we'll look at some of the disadvantages that you ought to be aware of. So a holding company, very, very simply, is a shell company, call it HCO for now, which holds and owns shares in other limited companies. So this company here, which let's say is owned and managed by you as an individual. So you're up there and you own 100% of the shares in the holding company. Holding company then owns 100% of the shares in company one, two, three, and four. So you've got total control. Let's now look at some of the disadvantages of this particular structure. The first one is you may need an audit if your turnover for the, this structure exceeds 10.2 million and you have 50 or more employees and your assets are more than 5.1 million in value. So if you meet any two of those three thresholds, then you may need an audit. What that means is there's extra costs for you for having an audit and it's gonna take extra time because the auditors will do checks on controls and procedures and that's going to be quite a lengthy process and there are quite a few people out there who don't like audits who don't like the intrusion the extra paperwork the extra fees so this particular structure here might mean you breach the audit threshold that's something that you ought to be aware of because if nothing else cash flow is a challenge number two higher compliance costs so let's say for the purpose of this example, you pay 1500 pounds plus VAT for each company, including the holding company for accountancy fees. If you've got five companies, 1500 times five gives you seven and a half thousand pounds plus VAT just for the accountancy fees. On top of that, then you've got to file corporation tax returns. There's a fee for that. On top of that, if you've got different people uh, working in different companies, you've got additional costs for running the payroll. So the fees can quickly spiral up. So you need to make sure you can justify paying the additional fees. Of course, in the other video, which is up here, where I share the advantages, one of them was minimizing risk or ring fencing risk into different companies. And that's a big one, by the way. And if in return for that, you have to pay more in accountancy fees, it may be that you feel that is a good enough reason to pay the extra fees. But if you don't, and you can't see the benefit of that and other reasons, 
then maybe having this particular structure might not be good for you. So the point here really is look at the benefits and the advantages and the disadvantages to make sure that it works for you. And don't just let cost be a driving force because it might cost you more, but the benefits might outweigh the costs. So you always, always need to uh, look at the pros and cons. Number three, with the tax rules changing, uh, coming into effect in 2023, the 19% corporation tax rate applies to smaller companies with profits less than 50,000. From 50,000 to 250,000, you've got the marginal rate and above 250,000, you're paying 25% tax. Now in this particular structure here, that mean, may mean you end up going into the marginal rate or you might end up going into the higher rate of tax. So that's something that you ought to be aware of and do the calculation and work out what impact that's going to have on you. By the way, we, we used to have that quite a few years ago. We then moved into harmonization and having one rate of tax. And we now kind of seem to be going back to where we were quite a few years ago, but that's the world of tax for you. Number four, as you can see with this basic example, this can be a very complex arrangement. And then there's a lot of administration that needs to take place. Now, administration might not be your strong point. So you could employ somebody to look after that for you, like a company secretary or somebody else. But even then, if you've got intercompany uh, transactions going on, and also if you're VAT registered and you've got thing, transactions within the group, uh, you may need to register for uh, VAT as a group. It just starts getting complicated. On top of that, a bugbear of mine is you need a bank account for each single company. Then you've got, let's say you've got five bank accounts. Let's just say they're with separate banks. Then you've got separate debit cards, separate credit cards, separate login details, separate pins. Starts getting complicated. Of course, you could have them all with one bank. So with online banking, you can access all the accounts. But even then, you have separate cards, separate pins, more bank statements coming in. It just starts getting messy. And that's something which, that you may not be a big fan of and you might not like it because you like simplicity. So just bear that in mind. Complication or additional complication in terms of administration and more bank accounts, more bank fees, more debit cards, more pins, all that kind of stuff. And that might just put you off the whole thing. Again, depends on the benefits uh, in terms of how much extra benefits you need in order to outweigh that particular disadvantage. And the fifth one for now, and this is a big one, by the way, is there are funders out there who don't like this particular structure because of a lack of transparency in terms of what happens above and beyond this stage here in terms of the holding company. They don't like it. So there's less funders out there who are available and those who are available may charge you more in terms of mortgage costs and rates because you've got this particular structure. So I know this, especially if you're in property, this comes up quite often uh, because the funding pool reduces and sometimes the costs go up and you as the owner might not be too happy with that because it restricts and limits you. And that puts a lot of people off having this particular structure. So bear that in mind, speak to a broker uh, to find out what the rates are, what the availability of funding is to see if this particular structure works for you because if it doesn't and you, you you're somebody who's looking to buy lots of properties for example and funding is an important part of helping you leverage and get to that scale then this might hold you back in which case you might say i'm fully aware of all of the advantages of having 
a holding company and I can see the benefits, but if I can't, haven't got the funding, I can't grow my property portfolio or my property business. Therefore, this arrangement looks good, but it's not for me because it's going to hold me back and it's going to slow me down. In that case, I'd say it probably isn't for you. So as a recap, watch this video and look at some of the benefits. Then consider that in line with your circumstances and all the reasons I've shared with you today. Weigh those up, see which one works best for you and choose the one that gives you the optimal situation in line with your goals right now. But more importantly, in line with where you're looking to go to and kind of having in view the tax changes and the impact of that. Also some legacy planning, inheritance planning, the flexibility that gives you. If you're looking to introduce other people into your business, see which option allows you to do that. So consider everything in, a, in the round to see what gives you the best outcome with a holistic viewpoint and then decide which avenue you wish to pursue. And the final one for today is if you don't have a holding company and let's say you've got a situation where you've only got a company one here, which has some assets and is trading, and then you want to form these companies here and you want to put the holding company on top. Well, that's going to cost you some money because when that happens, there could be uh, additional income tax, capital gains tax and stamp duty land tax implications, which means you need to speak to an accountant or a tax advisor, i.e. someone like me or somebody else in the industry to find out what those are and whether you can form a holding company on top of your existing company or whether you should apply for clearance to run it past HMRC uh, so that you know no additional taxes to pay. However, be aware that more recently, HMRC aren't too keen for giving clearance on this type of arrangement. So you're going to have to have really good commercial reasons for having to do so. And just saying, by the way, that this here is going to give you some kind of a tax advantage, if it is, for example, isn't the best reason to give HMRC because you're not going to get clearance. So you need very clear commercial reasons for why you ought to be doing this. So if it's something to do with growth, if it's something to do with attracting further investment, something to do with minimizing risk, those types of reasons, okay, and introducing other parties into a certain part of the business or divesting or diversifying your uh, portfolio while having a holding company. Those are some of the reasons which are good commercial sound reasons to do so. So bear that in mind. However, another option for you could be that you've got this trading company here and you don't have any assets, but you've got some trading activity and you might decide, well, I'll form this as a holding company and company two, three and four can go beneath here. So you, that becomes HCO and these become your trading companies. That might work for you. And there's no additional cost there apart from obviously forming the companies. So that's something you ought to think about if you're in a situation where you already have a or a number of companies already in existence. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.